electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. The green versus blue tax bubble. You know it, and you probably hate it. How one startup solved the iMessage Android problem and found itself in the middle of the fight between two tech behemoths. It's Monday, December 11th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa, Team Blue. I gotta admit, Team Blue as well. I'm Mark Gilbert. It's the green bubble stigma. It's been one of the biggest fights in tech of the last decade. And something antitrust activists and companies like Google have long pushed for. Why is iMessage a closed system? Why can you only get blue texty if you use an iPhone? It seems so mundane, but you know, both of us have had this conversation with multiple people over the years. And I think most people who are listening know what we're talking about, but let's break it down. If you are messaging with an Android user on your iPhone, so you're an iPhone user, they're an Android phone user, their message shows up in a green bubble. And along with that green bubble comes missing features like read receipts. Um, whenever someone likes, I get an actual liked, not a thumbs up on that message. Um, but more than that, media quality, it can get distorted. You have many, many group chat issues. So most people just actually go to WhatsApp. But this has been sort of an annoying problem for both sides. And you would think that this solution is so simple and so easy, yet this divide has persisted for what, Gilbert? <laughs> Decades, I want to say now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For more than a decade until now, right? And that's that's the big story that was last week and that sort of resolved or that that took a step higher over the weekend. But it wasn't Apple or Google fixing this. It was this tiny startup called Beeper. They took this upon themselves and they found a workaround. It's technical, but the takeaway essentially is that Android users, they were through downloading this app, which is called Beeper Mini, they were able to suddenly and very seamlessly start sending blue bubbles and group chats. They just automatically switched over to iMessage. And this all happened on the Android side. So Apple users, they didn't need to do anything. They didn't even need to know that anything happened. But if the Android user downloaded the Beeper app, all of a sudden, Beeper automatically connected to Apple's iMessage. And you spoke this morning to the CEO uh, of Beeper, Eric Migakovsky, and he told you that the app had hit 100,000 downloads in the 48 hours after its launch. And it, and it, it charged at $2 a month, it equated to a million dollars in annualized revenue run rate. I mean, kind of the amazing thing to me is that people would pay $2 a $2 month for this to, to, for the service. Stigma. Yeah, to get rid of the stigma. I mean, with just in a world of increasing subscriptions and how much we pay for, $2, it's not nothing when you're just adding it to that long list. And what it kind of tells you is that people have wanted this for a long time. We knew people wanted it, but I didn't know people wanted it this much that they were willing to pay for it. Of course, they could unsubscribe, but to, it still feels like to me, this is, it's interesting. They, they met a need that's out there. Right. And so it was a week of bliss, right? It all worked until <laughs> it didn't. Then Friday hit and as fast as it caught on, it was shut down, interestingly, by Apple, which said that it was a security issue that Beeper was sort of accessing the back end of their, of their iMessage system. Uh, not in an authorized way. And it was trying, Apple said it was trying to protect the privacy and security of their iMessages. 
Yeah. And, and if you've been covering sort of this battle of blue versus green messages over the years, you could probably guess that that was going to be Apple's response. And so Migakovsky, the CEO of Beeper, he didn't buy it for one second. He basically said that this statement, he said it's completely false. He said it actually does the opposite. He says that his app Beeper makes communication actually more secure be between iPhones and Androids. Yeah, let's listen to that for a second. We think that that statement is complete uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt or FUD. Uh, it's untrue. Beeper Mini actually makes communication between iPhone customers and Android uh, users more secure. Um, so what Apple tried to do over the weekend was actually make iPhone customers have a less secure chat experience. Which no one wants. And right. I, I don't know how to prove that. It's kind of this he said, she said thing, but Apple has the ultimate control, right? It can make that not work. However, today he found another workaround. It's not perfect. You have to sign in with your Apple account. And then it's kind of the question. <laughs> if you have an Apple account and you're on an Android, it's just one more layer, right? And the whole point of this is to take layers down, make this frictionless. But this wasn't just a thing in like tech circles, right? <laughs> that we were looking at this weekend. Some folks in Washington. Consumer. Oh, sorry, you're going to go regular. Yes, I was going to no say consumers. that it's a huge consumers. Yeah, consumers really care. This isn't. This isn't. This is less a. Um, you know, it's sort of just about sort of tech press and more about consumers who want their Android to to fit in with their uh, iPhone friends. Yeah, but you might as well take us through the the DC part of this too. I was going to say, yeah, and that that com uh, regulators noticed, and that uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, of course, who who is always watching anti antitrust issues, weighed in, posting big tech executives are protecting profits by squashing competitors. And we had a conversation late last week, right, about the FTC and the DOJ looking like they're moving faster. Um, and we wondered last week if this is sort of a new frontier in regulation, if they're not necessarily fighting yesterday's battles or fighting today's battles, although you could argue that this is something that has been on their radar for many, many years. It's not new. And so maybe, you know, what Beeper did over the last week or so and Apple shutting it down adds some renewed push, right, for the regulators to sort this out. And, you know, Google, there's there's been rumblings of what they do and what Apple does, excuse me, to keep users locked in because of some of the other battles, legal battles that they're they're fighting. Right. This is a huge frontier uh, in terms of how interoperable all these tech companies are with each other. I do want to stop here because some listeners might be thinking, you know, especially we have a big investor audience might be thinking blue bubbles, green bubbles, who cares? Right. But the answer to that is that messaging is a huge business for a lot of these tech companies. Think about how often if you have an iPhone, you use iMessage. It might be one of your most used apps. It has more than a billion users worldwide, a huge install base for Apple. Apple is always rolling out new features for it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is a different company, Meta, but Adam Masseri, the head of Instagram, has talked about how basically all the growth at Instagram is happening in messaging. It's not happening in posting. And so messaging apps like WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, Gmail, at Google, these are seen as huge opportunities, huge install bases that could provide, you know, incremental revenue. Or in Apple's case, it provides this, um, you know, this kind of premium service that locks in people to the Apple ecosystem. Well, as a comparison, let's just even consider what Asian tech companies have been able to do with their messaging apps. WhatsApp, right, which is, you know, arguably the most successful super app of all time, started as messaging, WeChat or Weibo in China. And it brought in all of these different elements. And 
I mean, to a much lesser scale, Apple has been doing that. You've got Apple Cash now, right? A way yes, to send money. Integrated in, yes. Um, I'm looking at this too. You can incorporate GIFs or GIFs and um, voice messaging and photos. And I, I use it. I use WhatsApp a lot, but not as much as my iMessage. I mean, when I was living in Asia, I used WhatsApp a lot more. But here, it's it's all on iMessage, on group chats as much as yeah. they can. How much be. messaging is a jumping off point for for all sorts of other sort of super app and and other extensions? It does raise the question: Why would Apple resist this integration? Right? Apple is is in mm -hmm. the business of trying to make your iPhone, you know, this best possible device, as easy to use as possible, as frictionless as possible. Why doesn't Apple want more users? being able to access iMessage. Why is Apple instead talking about security and privacy? Well, we dug through the archives um, right. <laughs> and found some clues because as I sort of just mentioned, Apple and big tech are fighting many, many other battles. So this comes from the Epic lawsuit. Um, and Apple has been battling Epic. Epic owns the hugely popular video game Fortnite. And, you know, there's been battles over how much iPhone users can do on their phone versus do you need the console? And so some emails have come out in that legal battle. This is one from Apple exec Craig Federighi in 2013 on that potential integration. I think it was Eddie Q, another famous Apple exec who brought up the idea and Federighi responded. He, he said, quote, I am concerned the iMessage on Android would simply serve to remove an obstacle to iPhone families giving their kids Android phones. I think we need to get Android customers using and dependent keyword on Apple products. So in other words, Mark, the iMessage, the green bubble stigma, this is a way of locking users into the Apple ecosystem, a way for Apple to protect its walled garden. All right, it's incredibly purposeful. I mean, the other easy comparison, and the, the you know our our uh, our listeners might be getting some deja vu. The other easy comparison to make is the do not track Meta privacy issues. Mm -hmm. Right? Apple rolled out these privacy changes. You'd you'd open an app like Facebook, and a little bubble would come up, and it would say, "Do you want to be tracked? You know, do you want uh, uh, Facebook to be able to track you across other apps?" And of course. I can't remember, but it was something north of eighty percent of users said, "No, of course I don't want to be tracked ac uh, across other." other apps that basically completely stopped meta and other advertising apps ability to track your activity. It sort of destroyed part of their uh, business model briefly, uh, sort of completely upended the, uh, the digital advertising market. And, you know, Apple was able to say, no, we're doing this for consumers. We're doing this for our users who do not want to be tracked. And I mean, I got to say they're right about that, right? Every time that pop-up came up, I said, yeah do, yeah, do not track me. And it just had the added benefit of sort of kneecapping some of their competitors. It serves users, but it also serves their lucrative ecosystem. Right. Um, when we talk about Apple from an investment point of view, right, this is the most valuable company in the world that just surpassed $3 trillion. While iPhone sales you know, are being questioned for being saturated, right? The smartphone market may be saturated. People are upgrading uh, less and less. So what is it depending on services, right? This is the growth business within Apple. This is where messaging sits. This is why they need this walled garden because they have what over a billion installed devices. They need people to not just hold on to these devices, but spend money within them. And that is so critical to Apple's growth and to the investment thesis. And you brought up the 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 Epic lawsuit, but the, the argument that Apple makes also in that lawsuit, 
um, yeah. is that, you know, the app store is protecting users and it's convenient and it is user friendly and it uh, protects your security, which is also has, you know, there's truth in that, right? You don't want to be, uh, or a lot of users don't want to be out there like side downloading apps from some like, you know, mm-hmm. janky app store that they've never been to before and then downloading them onto their computer and transferring them via a cord to their phone. Um, yeah. They like the fact that there's an app store that's regulated and that, you know, sort of, um, you know, if you download something from the app store, it's gone through some review process. Right. And it's a compelling argument, um, too, if, especially for users who just want the simplified user experience, right? Everything to be easy. I think about like my parents, how the iPhone works really well for them and they don't want to have to go anywhere else. Um, but there's another part of this because we've been talking about green versus blue bubble and beeper, but that's just one of these little battles in big tech. But what we've seen over the last few years covering mega cap tech is more and more startups battling and saying, hey, we want in by having these walled gardens, you're hurting competition for us. You're you're not you're not creating this even playing field. There's Yelp, we mentioned Epic, and they're part of what Mikakovsky, the Beeper CEO, says is kind of this building resistance. Have a listen. This is him. There's a small band of us that are fighting the good fight and trying to make uh, a more open, equitable, and um, offer consumers more choice. Because as of right now, there's too many lock-in effects that are causing people to not be able to choose the technology that they want to use. Mark, I go back to Lena Khan, the FTC chair, her listening tour of the West Coast just about a month ago now. She came to hear from startups and part of her big aims and the regulator and the Biden administration's aims is to make this playing field um, not just work for consumers, but for startup as well. So you have more innovation in the space. And Beeper, you know, seems like they did something really innovative. They were finally able to figure this thing out that consumers obviously really liked and Apple shut it down. So this this will reverberate through Washington and already is. I mean, I think it's really interesting to think about sort of a lot of times there are these lines drawn of like pro-tech or anti-tech, you know, and uh, that that a lot of times that isn't the divide. The divide is between, uh, you know, startups wanting access to a level playing field and sort of the big players who are who want to sort of preserve the status quo for themselves. Um, You know, you brought up earlier to me just privately, you brought up Luther Lowe, the uh, former head of... um, of Yelp's public policy, who now is has been hired by Y Combinator. And it's just an interesting, uh, you know, he, he's been such a critic of actually mostly Google's, um, the way Google like mm-hmm. enforces its walled garden and keeps people in Google search and, and uses its power. Um, you know, and now he's working for Y Combinator, which is, which is definitely like a pro tech uh, voice in Silicon Valley, but, but not, a, you know, not of the big, big players right. of the startup. For our audience that may not be super familiar with Y Combinator, it's an incubator for all these new startups, right? They get they give them funding. And when you think that, you know, Luther, who's been such an effective voice at Yelp, now he's working across an early startup landscape, his policies, his experience, and his interactions with regulators and policymakers will be really interesting to see how it plays out. Um, we hope to talk to him soon and bring you some sound from that. Um, but for now, we'll we'll leave it there. It's certainly Beeper versus Apple is is one to watch. It's a David versus Goliath, not the first, not the last that we're going to see in this big tech landscape.
If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bottom up, up, up. At participating McDonald's.